open our Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number 5, as we continue in our study in the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter number 5, we'll be reading in verses 1 through 11 this morning, Luke chapter number 5, and you can follow along in your Bible, or we'll have the scriptures on the screen for you as well this morning, Luke chapter number 5, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, as we continue verse by verse through the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter number 5, verse number 1, and it came to pass that As the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake. This is really where he's at here, the Sea of Galilee, verse number 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had, done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished that all were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. So was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Verse number 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, They forsook all and followed him. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. And Lord, we do thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you that it's always right on time. And Lord, I do pray today, Lord, as we continue to preach and to teach your word. God, I pray that you would help us to grow. Lord, help us to learn. Lord, I pray that you would speak. Lord, we come this morning, God, not to hear from a man, Father, but we've come to hear from you, Lord, as we do so often. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that your word would get to our hearts, that it would fall on good ground. Lord, we understand that it's not my words, but it's your words that will make the difference in our life. And I pray that it would. Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning that may not know you. God, I pray that you would draw them unto yourself. Father, those that, Lord, may be away from you, Lord, may today be that day, Lord, where they decide that, Lord, your way is the best way. God, bless everything that's said and done in this place. In your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen. Jesus has begun his earthly ministry as we've seen and he, he just finished healing uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law as we saw last week. Now word is beginning to spread throughout all of this region of what Jesus is doing. Verse number one here says, it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the sea of Galilee. Man, people are beginning because of his fame is beginning to spread. People are beginning to follow him everywhere. Crowds, uh, no doubt, are beginning to press upon him uh, to hear the word of God. Man, to hear what God's word said. Let me just say this, just as a side note this morning. Jesus preached the word. We saw as he went into the synagogues, we've seen in our last text, that he would go to the Torah. He would go to the Old Testament. He would preach the Bible. And just as a side note, can I just say this? If it's not God's word, it's not preaching. There's a lot of motivational speaking that goes on in pulpits today. There's a lot of talk and a lot of rah-rahs and a lot of pep rallies. If it's not God's word getting to the people of God, it's not preaching. Jesus himself, he was the word and he preached the word. He's preaching the word and they're crowding around him. Look at verse number two. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen 
We're gone, we're gone out of them, and we're washing their nets. So he sees two empty boats here that, that are basically sitting on the seashore here. And he, he, the fishermen are already cleaning up. They're, they've been fishing all night. They're over there getting their, their tackle cleaned up, getting those nets cleaned up. And Jesus sees those two boats. Look at verse number 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down, and he taught the people out of the ship. So Jesus goes into one of these boats. It's Simon's boat. He gets him to push it out into the water, and he begins to teach and preach from it. He didn't have a pulpit, okay? Somebody help me. I've heard guys criticize other guys because they don't preach from a pulpit, and they may use a coffee table, or they may use something else. Hey, Jesus used a boat. There's a whole study in the New Testament, if you look at it, of all the places that Jesus preached from. Here, he's using a pulpit as a boat. Look at verse number 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets for a drop. So, Jesus tells Simon Peter, and I want you to think about this here, because we read this, and at first sight... Yeah, we've heard this a thousand times if we've been in church. But here you have a carpenter. That's what Jesus was by trade, okay? Simon Peter and these other guys, they were fishermen by trade. So here you have a carpenter trying to tell a fisherman what to do. Can you imagine? Don't you hate when somebody, and as a pastor I get this a lot, somebody's trying to tell you like they know how to do your job better than you do? Don't you hate that? So could you mind Peter? He's a pro fisherman. And here's Jesus, a carpenter. And he says, hey, you need to take that thing out a little bit deeper. Man, listen, he, he says, you need to launch in out into the deep. Let's look what happens. Look at verse 5. And Simon answering unto him, and notice this, he hasn't followed him yet. He doesn't even really know him yet. Look what the word he uses here. Master, and look what he says. We have toiled all night. We have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. I mean, the word that's used here for master in the original language, it's, it's unique to Luke's gospel. It carries the idea of this. Peter is already submitting to the authority of Jesus. The word here literally means commander or boss. He says, boss, if you want us to go out there, listen, I'll tell you what, what's going on. We, we fished all night. Listen, we're tired. We've been throwing. These weren't just little light nets. These are huge nets that they're throwing over the edge. Man, we've done this all night. We haven't caught a fish. Listen, I like catching. I don't always like fishing. Somebody help me. Sometimes if you fished all night, and I've done it probably more than I like to admit, where you fish all night and you catch nothing, the last thing you want to do is to go back out there, okay? You want to get home. You want to get in your bed. You want somebody to make you a sandwich, okay? Jesus says, hey, go back out into the deep. Peter says, man, we fished all night. We have, we have caught nothing. We've worked all night. We're tired. We've already cleaned up our nets. We're ready to go home. Man, and I think in his mind, I wonder if he's going, man, this stinking carpenter is trying to tell me how to fish. But, it's your word, if you say so, we'll go try it again. It's almost like he got annoyed to the point, like, whatever, we'll go try it just to prove you wrong. So look what happens in verse number 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. And their net breaks. They go out to the deep like Jesus says. They throw this net over. They've caught so many fish. Then, oh, could you just imagine what's going through Simon's mind? How in the world? This is some kind of fishing wizard to hear, okay? How in the world does he know to go out to the deep and to throw these nets? Look at verse number 7. 
And they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And the ships came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So they call for somebody else. Something interesting here. This isn't the message this morning. But when we follow the Lord and others see what God is doing in our lives, many times other people will follow. Man, these partners, these other fishermen come over there. They begin to help. They're catching so many. Listen, these business partners are catching so many fish that they're, they're, their boats begin to sink. Man, I think about this time, they're starting to figure out, man, this guy is somebody special. He's not just another teacher. Man, he's not just another rabbi. Man, there's something special about him. They knew this was a great miracle. They, had been, they, knew, the, they knew the water. They'd done it before. And here, listen, they, they know something, something different is going on. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, man, can you imagine this? This carpenter telling him, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He's like, man, you are, I think in his mind, he had probably heard about the Messiah that would one day be coming, and he's starting to connect the dots here. Look at verse number 9. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, the draught of fishes which they had taken. Man, they're amazed at the miracle that they're seeing. And look at verse number 10. This is where it kind of changes gears. Jesus is beginning his ministry. He's beginning to recruit his team. He's beginning to put together those 12 that would be his closest, those 12 that he would serve with, those 12 that they would really change the world with. Look what he says in verse number 10. And also, so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. Man, carries the idea here of, man, there was probably some, some fear here. Look what he says to them. From henceforth, it's an interesting phrase, thou shalt catch men. Man, what a statement. You're not going to catch fish anymore. You're going to catch men. Man, I wonder what was going through Peter's mind at this moment. What does that even mean? Like, you know, I'm not going to catch fish. You're going to catch men. Look at verse number 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, look at this phrase. This is an amazing thing to think about here. They forsook all. They left their ships. They left their nets. They left what they thought was their plan and their desires and what they had in their mind. And look what it says. And they followed him. They forsook all and they followed him. Leaving their nets behind. Leaving their boats behind. Leaving their fish. This is the account of Jesus. And you'll find it in some of the other gospels. He is Listen, what he's doing here is he's beginning to build his team. These are his original disciples. And it's awesome to think about right off the bat. I'm going to give you a couple things to take care take home from this. It's amazing. It, he's not in the synagogue recruiting his disciples. He's not in the Pharisee the, the, the school of the Pharisees. Those religious. He's not in the school of Judaism here recruiting people to serve him. He's not in the he's not in that government hall where the educated would have been. I mean, he is on the seashore. The common man, he with the fisherman, the blue collar. Somebody help me. It's with the blue collar. Man, maybe some of those that, you know, oh, they're not smart enough to teach in the synagogue. They're not smart enough to serve. They're not religious enough. So where does Jesus go? And I love this. He goes to the common man, the normal dude, the fisherman, the sailors. You ever heard the phrase, cuss like a sailor? Some of y'all do. Somebody help me this morning. 
That's who he went after. That's who he called first. It's amazing to think about. Calls Peter. We're going to see all through the life of Peter. Man, Peter, he was up and down, wasn't he? Many had moments. He had a big mouth. We'll get him in trouble. But God, I'm thankful. This, and this is this in the sermon. The only thing is, I'm thankful that God can use anybody. Aren't you this morning? He used Peter. Peter sat around a fire and denied him, didn't he? And guess what he ended up doing? The same Peter that denied him was the same one that preached the greatest message outside the Lord Jesus Christ called Pentecost. People will say, well, I can't believe. So when people say, I can't believe you'd have this person or this person do something or do something that, the biggest part, this is, I can't believe God would allow me to do anything. Somebody help me. I mean, I, I can't believe. Man, that you, you study the scripture. You know who God specialized in using? Some messed up people. That's who he specialized in using. People that have a past. People that have some problems. He, he, he never used a perfect person. <laughs> That's what we're always looking for. Huh? We're looking for perfect people. I'm thankful this morning there ain't none. And if you is one, you at the wrong church this morning. Go somewhere else. Because there ain't no perfect people. We all struggle. We all got issues. We all got problems. Peter's this fisherman, and he's the first one that Jesus, hey, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus starts his recruitment process, and he doesn't start it in the synagogue. He starts it on the seashore. Three things this morning that I notice from this text that I hope can help us as far as being disciples about Jesus calling us. What, what is Jesus saying to them? I mean, notice the type of person that Jesus uses or the type of recruit that Jesus uses. The first thing that I notice in our text this morning is this. He, they had the faith. Peter had the faith to launch out, didn't he? He had the faith to launch out out. This is the type of person that God uses. Simply this, a person that has faith. And what did Peter say? Even though he may have been doubting, according to thy word, I'll hop in the ship and I'll go out a little further. Nevertheless, at thy word. Peter was I think he was probably tired of trying his own way. He knew it wasn't working. Y'all ever been there before? He was tired of trying his own way and he's like, man, what does this carpenter know? Well, you know what? I'm going to listen. Man, faith many times is rejecting human reasoning and it's trusting the promises of God. Now, if you're Peter, human reasoning would say what? Man, I've already fished all stinking night and I ain't caught nothing. And this carpenter, no, what did he do? He reject, we, we have to do this in our lives. This is what faith is. Man, there's times to reflect, re reject human reasoning and trust God's word. Trust in God. Let me ask you this this morning. What area do you need to trust him in this morning? What area is it, man, that he's calling you to launch out a little bit and to get out of your comfort zone some? To listen and to submit to authority. You see, Peter, right off the bat, what did he have to do? He, was he the pro, who was the pro fisherman in the group? Earthly, yeah, somebody's listening this morning. Is that Waylon? Come on. Listen, he, who did he have to trust? Himself and what he knew and his expertise? His studies that he's done and the places that he had been and what he knew? Or the carpenter? Man, sometimes we've got to trust the Lord when it doesn't make sense. What area do you need to trust Him in this morning that you're maybe a little bit scared? Maybe it's not fishing, but it's finances. Maybe it's not fishing, but it's some decision this morning. You just need to trust the Lord in. Understand, and here's the hard part for us. It's the hard part for me. Understand, I may be the pro fisherman and he may be the carpenter, but that carpenter knows a whole lot more about fishing than that pro fisherman does. That carpenter, what did he do? He had created the fish. He had created the water. Man, listen, at his word, he stepped out on nothing. Let us make man in our image. It, listen, he had been there from the time, from time past, from time present, and time future. He's omniscient, omnipresent, all no listen, he knew that's the God we serve. 
carpenter, listen, that, that told the fishermen how to fish. Where is God asking you to launch out in your life? I wonder if Peter wouldn't have hopped on that boat, went back out, and wouldn't have been obedient. Man, I wonder if he still would have preached Pentecost. Man, I wonder if Peter would, is everybody, man, so we've got to think about that. When God calls us, when God leads us, when God commands us, we must be obedient to him. I found in my life, when I'm miserable and when things aren't going well, is when I'm disobedient. If you study the Old Testament, the children of Israel were pros at this. Disobedience in the Old Testament always brought judgment and problems. Obedience always brought blessing and peace in their lives. I mean, when he calls us to launch out into the deep, I wonder if we're like, oh, you're a carpenter. I know what's better for my life than you do. Man, I just want to encourage you. Have the faith to follow. Have the faith to launch out into the deep when he leads you. The second thing that he says for his disciples as he's recruiting them is, not only have faith to launch out, but here's one, have faith to witness. Have faith to witness. If you, he, you aren't, he, what does he say in verse number 10 and 11? Hey, you ain't going to catch fish anymore. Guess what you're going to catch? It's an amazing thought here. And he uses this illustration over and over in the New Testament. You're going to catch men fishing for men. You're not fishing your way. Guess whose way you're fishing? God's way. Jesus' words to his first recruits, catch men. Guess what his last words were? To catch men. Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 19. He saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me and I will make you fishers of men. And as he's getting ready to ascend, some of those last words in Matthew chapter number 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even end of the world. Mark 16, 15 and he said unto them, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Hey, you want to be a disciple. You want to be in that recruit program. The first thing that we've got to do is we've got to launch out by faith. And the second thing, the command, hey, the, 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 the mission of the hour for us is this, hey, to be a witness in this lost and dying world. Listen, I still believe with everything that's in me that God still saves souls. I didn't believe that I I was in a parking lot this weekend after breakfast one morning right down the road and uh, Brian Burgess was in the truck, truck next to me and I'm talking to Brian and we were just talking about all the infighting of Christians and how churches can't get along and how preachers can't get along and how Christians can't get along and this is the reason because we focus on so much stupid stuff while the world is dying and going to hell. People argue theology and they hadn't witnessed to somebody in 20 years. Hey, our purpose and the main thing is there's people all around us that are dying and they will spend eternity in hell without Christ. Well, I'll have people say, what if they're not elected? I don't know, but I found this out. The more people we nominate, the more get elected. If I'm not preaching and I'm not sharing it, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall Is anybody awake here? That's our calling. That's the call of the day. Listen, let's put it this way. If you and I had the cure for cancer... Like the government does. Somebody help me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you and I had a, the, if you and I had the cure for cancer, what would we be doing? We'd be telling everybody. Like if we knew we had something that can save a person's life, man, we'd be screaming, "Hey, no, hey, hey, we got the cure!" Y'all know, and we have something that's so much greater, some bigger than the cure for cancer. We have the cure. Are y'all hearing me this morning? We have the cure for the soul that will spend damnation in devil's hell. Can I just ask us this morning? I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just want to encourage you to think about this. 
Jesus is recruiting from faith to step out, faith to witness. Evidence of the Holy Spirit's filling is the boldness to witness and to tell people what Jesus has done in your life. How he saved you. I mean, when's the last time you just shared the gospel with someone? He says, hey, no longer are you going to be fishing. You ain't going your no way. If you want to be my disciple, man, one of the first things, you're going to have to catch men. Man, you're going to have to catch men. A couple things under this that I think about. You say, preacher, man, who do we witness to? Who do we tell? Man, I'm reminded that the harvest is so great. In John chapter 4, verse number 35, it says this, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. Why? Because they are white and they are ready to harvest. Do you know what I've found even more and more recently? There's people all over that, yes, will reject the gospel, but there's a lot of people that's exactly what they're looking for. Man, there's people in your workplace that don't know the Lord. And maybe God's just placed them, them sovereignly in your path so that you could share. Because that's what disciples do. So that you could share His grace and His love and His mercy with them. You can tell them about that blessed old story that somebody told you. Aren't you thankful that somebody told you one day? I am. Aren't you thankful that somebody shared the gospel with you? Hey, aren't you thankful that when you were on a slick road to hell, when you weren't even looking for God, God was looking for you? And he may have used a bus worker one day. He may have used a junior church teacher. He may have used some preacher. He may, but he used somebody. Man, harvest is great. Who is it in your life right now that God just placed there? And their life's a mess. And this is what we do as Southern Christians. We like to fix everybody's morality and politics. Because we're a little more comfortable around them if they don't talk a certain way and they don't go certain places and they don't do certain things. And, they, and you know me, I'm a right-wing conservative. I make no bones about that. But my calling ain't to make people right-wing conservatives. What we try to do in the workplace, though, is with those people. We try to get them to fit in our little box. We want them both the same way. We want them to talk the same way. We want them to like the same things. We want them to have things in common with us, morale. Listen, there's a lot of moral people. There's a lot of people, quote, unquote, righteous in this world that are going to spend eternity in hell because it's not our job to make people moral. People get the heart issue settled. All the rest of that stuff's going to take care of itself. I remember back in the day, somebody got saved by the grace of God. First thing we want to do is slap a suit on them and part their hair like that. Y'all think I'm joking? That's what we used to do. Then what happened when that preacher left or when something happened, they went back to the same way they were because it wasn't the, listen, it's the Holy Spirit changing a person from the inside out as the gospel. Listen, when the Word of God and the Spirit of God collide in a person's life and He changes them and He regenerates them. Listen, our job is just to preach it, to share it, and to tell it. And I want to just encourage you, when's the last time you just shared it, you told it? When's the last time you told a brother or a friend, hey, if you, listen, have you ever thought and considered what happens when you breathe your last breath? Have you ever considered, man, that this is... Here's the truth. We all, we all going to die. Every one of us is. Your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. Jesus says to us, catch men. The harvest is so great. Something that, that really fires me up about this, and we don't like to talk about it, and I don't mean this. I probably preach on it more than I should. But hell is real. Harvest is great. Hell is real. Y'all listen to me. Y'all lean in close and listen. Those friends of ours that die without Christ, they spend eternity in hell. Young people, you listen to me. Those kids you go to school with that don't know Jesus, if they are to die without the Lord, man, they spend eternity in hell. You, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ and you breathe your last breath, man, hell is real. The harvest is so great. Hell is so horrible. Thought about this. The hour is so short. 
None of us are promised tomorrow. James, is it James 4, I think, that says, Life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Proverbs chapter, it's either 17 or 27, says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring forth. The hour is short. Hell's horrible. The harvest is so great. I think about this, the honor is so rewarding. I mean, the, the Bible speaks of that judgment seat that we'll stand at, those of us that know the Lord, and that Bema seat, that reward seat, where we're going to have crowns to throw back at our Savior and to worship Him with. I mean, there's many, you could do a study on it. I mean, there's different crowns that are mentioned. And I often think, so often, man, those, the, some of the greatest, uh, the, and there's only one hero in heaven, I get that, but man, some of the greatest badge, if you will, to throw back and crown to throw back, I wonder if it's just us witnessing and caring and loving, uh, loving our neighbor. You want to love your neighbor? Let me tell you, you can love your neighbor. Witness to him. You can feed all the mouths in the world you want and people can still spend eternity in hell. You can give to all the charities in the world. Listen, we are called, we have a mission and that mission is to witness in this world. Thirdly, I want you to notice what these disciples had to do. Jesus recruitment proverb. Man, they had to step out on faith. Man, they were going to witness. Their, their new job ain't catching fish. It's catching men. And then look what they did. And this is amazing. Many of us are right on the, we've been in church for 30 years and we've never done this. I want you to notice what they do. They forsake and they follow. They leave. Go read some of the other texts. They literally leave their nets behind. And they begin to follow Jesus. Leaving some things behind. They left their boat. They left their nets. They left their fish. They left their plans. They left their desires. And they followed them. And I think of those words of Paul that he wrote in Philippians. Three says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. Some of us today, we're not forsaking and following. There's some things we're holding on to that we just need to leave behind us. Y'all listen to me. If you're saved by the grace of God, you leave that past behind you. Stop playing it in your head. Some of us, and myself included, we've got some, some mistakes in our past. And they haunt us every single day. That ain't God reminding you of that. It's an accuser of the brethren. It's that adversary saying, Peter, you're not good enough. I just want to encourage you today, forsake that junk and follow today. Leave in the past. Leave the past in the past. Then I like this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience that race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. This is all I'm trying to say. Just like these disciples, these early disciples, Peter and James and these others, had to leave their nets, had to leave their boats. Some of us need to leave our past behind. Some of us need to leave our present behind. Some of us are holding on to sin. I've had it in my life, and I've got to, man, we've got to turn from We've got to give it to the Lord. We've got to forsake it and follow. So here's the deal this morning. We're done. If I want to be a disciple, if I'm part of God's recruitment process, I'm going to have to live by faith. That's basic Christianity, stepping out on faith, living by faith. Man, the second thing that we're all called to do, you are not called just to sit your butt in a chair every Sunday morning. Did I just say but? I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. Church is more than a chair. It's when we become equipped to go out and tell the world that God loves them and that he can save them. 
and that he can redeem us. Some of us, we need to go back to that place and remember who we were before he saved us and who he redeemed us. Oh, my goodness. I was thinking about it. I was driving down the road yesterday after preaching youth conference weeping, Jason. Weeping. Because I remember. I remember running from God. If you would have asked me 20 years ago if I'd be preaching every week somewhere, leading people to the Lord, standing up here every Sunday, having a church, I would have said, you are, Sarah would have told you, you are out of your ever-loving mind. God couldn't use him like that. Listen, God can use any of us. We can't ever forget where we came from, where he saved us from. Where he re- Aren't you thankful he changed your life? Aren't you thankful we can sing with hope this morning? Aren't you thankful that when we breathe our last breath, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord? Oh, my goodness, we've got a reason to share that with a lost and dying world. And stepping out on faith, being a witness, forsaking all, and following Him this morning. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand on our feet.